Good afternoon, this is Ewan Lily C. Broadcasting from Sun Valley, California, in Southern California, just north of Burbank. It's November 13th, 2018. Um, that intro music was one of my favorites. Warren Zevon, Searching for a Heart. Um, similar to the, the path we're on today, I believe, in, in the United States. Um, searching for the compassion, for the meaning, and getting our fill of the reasons, the explanations, and the logical myths of what's missing. This is the inaugural podcast of The Utopian Capitalist, a commentary on social, political, and monetary issues facing the United States the region and the world. To start off um, our show today, um, I was noticing something recently, in fact about five minutes ago, um, looking at a story of El Chapo, the criminal mastermind behind the Sinaloa cartel's rise to supremacy in the United States and in Mexico. And it occurred to me, there was something wrong with his face. And now you may have a a different picture of the man than I do, but feel free to bring up a story of Mr. Guzman, where he's being led by agents from a plane, um, wearing a, a tan jacket. Take a look at his ear. I don't know why I know these little bits of trivia, except they come in handy at moments like these. But when a man has an ear, or a woman, has an ear with a lobe that connects to the side of their head without dangling, it indicates that that person isn't much of a risk taker. Um, They like to wait around for the confidence before they act. Um, But more importantly, compare that ear to the right ear of the man in the mugshots as shown and depicted recently. And you'll notice something very interesting. An earlobe that dangles. It's a different man. So, here we have a perfect example of what the Trump administration refers to as fake news. Only this is a flat-out lie. A different man being led by agents than the one being booked into New York. And presumably um, may have been a different man up until whenever it is uh, he's come out of his jail cell. Um, No way to know. Is fake news a problem? Do we really need to know the truth as much as we need to know the meaning of an issue? For instance, um, you know, El Chapo or Joaquin Guzman Loera um, is, and he has another name in there. I, I dare you to go find it. Um, he's he's a four-name name now, like a like a member of royalty. So, check into that name. Um, is it important for us? 
to have that right um, to understand fully? Or is it, is it enough for law enforcement to come back later and say, well, you know, it, it, it was a lie, but when we jailed the imposter, obviously the, the original had to come out of hiding to claim leadership that he was about to lose anyway, and that's when we, we picked him up. Okay, that, that seems fair, uh, as long as you say it. Um, but what about another situation? Recently, I was looking on Infowars.com, and you may remember Infowars from um, notorious conspiracy theories you've heard, um, most notably the Bilderberg Group um, and their annual meetings and what goes on there. Um, Mr. Alex Jones from Austin, Texas, protests uh, Bilderberg and, and many other meetings of international um, committee that to varying degrees um, don't recognize their own importance in any way following the meetings and to that extent I, I, I agree they need to be um, more widely publicized um, but anyway I was looking on Infowars and they had a, a video of a train uh, going toward the Mexican border with the United States full of military hardware um, vehicles mostly and the claim was that Donald Trump was shipping military vehicles to to the border uh, in advance of the human invasion, intending to walk across and receive good credit for the next seven years from Central America, I presume. And when I looked closely, I could swear that either it was the best lighting possible or those were three-dimensional rendered vehicles. Now, Given the fact that I, for one, believe that this administration has, has gotten away with quite a bit without the watchful eye of investigative journalism of a political nature following it to a large degree, um, in any real sense other than an investigation that goes on forever and never achieves anything, except a, a placation of people who are... Who are full to the brim with justice at a single court case that never ends. Um, unless it's the Supreme Court, of course, because as you know, they still only have eight justices, so they won't be hearing any cases anytime soon. And they get theirs over with in about 30 minutes. So that's an issue that, um, well, that, that's an issue for a whole nother episode on resonating circumstances. Um, but but clearly, Alex Jones had a meaning behind what he was showing, and whether he knew it or not about the three-dimensional vehicles, um, I think anybody with a, with a skilled eye as a graphic designer, you know, someone who doesn't squint a lot because they spend most of their time in, in dark rooms with computer screens <laughs> like me, and not Mr. Jones who's out in the sunlight too often, um, you know, might see that easier. Um, but the meaning to me came across very well. Um, first of all, an administration that routinely gets away with things like the first um, bombing in Yemen that they undertook with um, a drone aircraft that killed um, several dozen bystanders um, that was only investigated by you know one journalist who ended up being the only international investigative journalism 
um, to be done on the Trump administration, I believe, since it began. Um, you know, pretty much got away with that one. Um, got away with whatever happened to the parents of the kids that walked to the border twice. Um, and we, we just never found out. <laughs> you know, those kids came from somewhere and it, not from a stork, not from a Mexican stork or a, a jumping bean. Um, but we, we never received the follow-up on those, those issues. So to consider that an administration would probably put military hardware in a boxcar or under a tarp at least is, is reasonable to assume. Um, and to, to ship them along with, with some type of soldiers <laughs> along with them is also reasonable to assume. Um, but the meaning behind it that there's war going on that we are unaware of, like the 18,000 plus troops in American uniforms that were sent to Africa, to Central Africa for some reason, um, and, and what they accomplished in the jungles there. Um, to a large extent, what we're doing um, with the military exercises in the Black Sea area of the world um, as recently as a week ago I read a story about a, a plane intercepted by a, a Russian jet um, that was you know, over the Black Sea um, with some kind of mission flying from Greece um, but there's no way to, where to go when you're flying from Greece in the Black Sea unless you're going to Turkey and it wasn't headed in that direction so it's either Russia or Ukraine, um, and not for any military exercise, as was the case uh, only a few years ago with both of those countries. So I'm wondering if the change in stance of countries such as Russia and Ukraine, who, who no longer complement our military, but have decided to pull back and in some cases even stand off with our military for fun like they used to. Um, I'm wondering if they know something that, that somehow um, the meaning of Alex's animation makes clear. And to that extent, fake news might be all right. It's a depiction and it's a satire in the worst possible um, way you know, the it's really the last offer of a smile on an insult that compliments you both it's the the ugliest sarcasm that doesn't smile when it's spoken and to that extent um, it I think fake news can be required um, so I'm gonna give it a um, a go-ahead in terms of the InfoWars, I think if InfoWars didn't have a depiction of what was going on but knew that there were shipments of, of military hardware to the, the border, I think they did the right thing, even if they mocked it up themselves. And I think the Bureau of Prisons 
and enforcement agencies that that told a lie in pictures or, or told a lie that they that they revealed in pictures today um, owe everybody an explanation because it's not just a clear-cut case of a, a criminal that they've picked up off the street there are also international concerns which haven't been addressed of of how we can just take a prisoner from another country and put him on trial here uh, when the United States doesn't adhere to any particular rules of um, an engagement to the world court for instance in the case of war crimes the United States refuses to stand trial or to to force people to stand trial from the military for instance um, in The Hague however we supported uh, American educated Charles Taylor being prosecuted and imprisoned in The Hague when he was found guilty of abuse as president used to be a gas station attendant in New Jersey when he went to school um, and I'm sure he'd like the company so I'm all for fake news so long as it's meaningful and that the perpetrator can explain the meaning so that we understand the distinctions of satire as satire becomes a really needy and insensitive view of itself in desperation for evidence of what the Trump administration leaves out of the truth indicates one last note on on plausible responsibility um, newscaster Alex Jones um, in his defense I believe that the right place for inflammatory speech is behind a camera posting it on YouTube um, the wisdom being that those are people in the past that would have whipped up crowds of, of supporters and in the fury of people building on each other's rage on a subject um, that may spill over into unpredictable results um, in Alex's case I don't believe it would ever turn to violence especially in, in central Texas you never know who's wearing a gun and and whose sister or brother it is that you're going to be violent to in the crowd so you usually you take it easy in Texas um, but to to kick him off of YouTube to ban him to ban him from Apple I think is a big mistake and it it really speaks to a movement forward in terms of expectation of civility without a memory of what the extreme responsibility is to maintain a integrity for the Constitution and human dignities all around um, so I, I wish um, well for InfoWars and 
that show um, there's there's a lot of a lot of drama that that gets published on the on his website um, and I think that once again that's the place for it um, a one-stop shop that is there to answer for accusations when they occur like Sandy Hook um, was for Mr. Jones um, well that's exactly one of the reasons why you want a professional organizing all of those theories in one place speaking for the fringe that until they had him only had their own websites their regional websites websites for their their group uh, perspective um, but no news outlet that was speaking the world from their perspective to help them understand reality as they coped with what didn't fit well with reality that gave many of them PTSD and other forms of, of stress uh, related problems or just made them mad when it was absolutely true <laughs> um, so for that and, and other reasons um, good luck to, to InfoWars and uh, tune in to the next episode when we'll talk monetary stability uh, monetary policy and why the Federal Reserve doesn't include the other 100% the negative percentage interest rates the ones that could create a 99 cent dollar in times of steep depression thank you for listening see you next time okay we're back and that was Peter Murphy with I've got a miniature secret camera (laughs) Um, these days at the end of another kind of fake news the fake expectation that law enforcement around the country was somehow militarizing when in fact the whole time they were espionaging up with uh, luckily technology that most of them refused to use Um, miniature cameras might seem like like something that we're we're used to, uh, but then it occurs to me, those commercials for X17 cameras, you don't see them anymore, and GoPro cameras, well, that stock is worth less than a a sandwich at at Subway, even though they sold 1.2 billion dollars worth of cameras last year. Somebody doesn't want cameras in our environment, or maybe it's just been for the past several years since the winter of 2015 when GoPro once a, a star of IPO fame and real sales as well as the quality of their cameras that were maintaining their consistency past the IPO and adding new features and bringing down prices while enabling collaboration abilities and publishing abilities from the cameras itself for the adventures of the individuals that that bought the camera um, somehow just went into a steep decline. Um, But enough about that. Um, Back to 
talking about the United States. <laughs> Where to begin? Uh, I'm in California now, in Southern California, and recently, like everywhere else in the nation, uh, except for the the Senate district in, in Arizona, um, the United States has collectively um, concluded successfully its elections this year. And Gavin Newsom is set to be the next governor of California. It takes me back to 2016 and a, a trip to the Bay Area when I had a, a general sense that the place I'd been living at the time, Las Vegas, was falling into disrepair and I needed a change of, of pace. And the Bay Area is one of those places I go to to, to recharge and, and regroup, um, collect my career <laughs> periodically. It's happened twice before. And uh, this is before um, before politics um, sparkled in my eye and I, I was in um, HR and training development for Silicon Valley companies and others around the country. Um, but on that trip, something changed. I was staying in Oakland and something, something not quite right um, seemed to be all around me. And yet it was something no one would complain about. It was the absence of crime. In Oakland in 2016, there was a marked absence of crime or criminal intimidation in the air. All around were police, and apparently they were not concerned with, with writing tickets. In fact, the Oakland Police Department was, was offering large salaries for, for officers to join. And, you know, this is downtown. In an area of downtown where um, not long ago, surely within the last 10 years, um, it was so dangerous that often people were warned not to walk downtown amongst the skyscrapers in the middle of the day because you could get robbed, you know, to, to be very cautious. And now, downtown, beautiful. The Dellums building, absolutely pristine. Uh, in fact, I didn't see patrols of police even bother patrolling downtown. Uh, the apartments there were brand new across the street from where I stayed at the Sutter Hotel. They were um, pushing $4,000 a month. Um, for an apartment there, which seemed to be all booked up at the time. Um, Oakland was doing really well and not a lot of crime. There was still um, homelessness and, and low income aspects to the community, but those people were very friendly. Um, I remember on a trip in 2010 once in the Fruitvale District, 
I stayed in Fruitvale because it was the only place in, in Oakland that I could afford when I was coming to work a, a work project for, for a few months in Walnut Creek, and I, I couldn't afford to go up there. So I stayed on MacArthur Boulevard, and I remember as I walked to the uh, fish and chips, or, or fish and chicken, rather, stand, the J&J &J fish and chicken uh, down the street, I remember noticing um, the homeless people that would walk up and, and, and beg. They were very kind. They would first ask permission to ask a question, and then they would ask. And it was due to the fact that they didn't want to piss off the wrong person and get shot. It was a, it was a very dangerous neighborhood. Um, the cook came out of the, the fish and chicken, and, and he was you know, wiping his forehead and saying, wherever I go, that's where it's at. It, this place is just devastated. It's devastated. He kept saying that. It's devastated. And it was devastated, and it was still functioning with quite a bit of chaos and a high IQ somewhere. And less than 10 years later, uh, six years after riots encompassed um, the area around the BART station in Fruitvale, so much so that they, they shut it down, um, it, it looked like a scene from Mayberry. So my, um, my assertion here is that um, things changed and no one documented why. I never heard a story of the fabulous renewal of Oakland. And we should have. Uh, and, and this doesn't speak to the Trump administration at all. Actually, this speaks to the, the Brown administration. Because um, prior to that, Mr. Brown had the guts to, um, to rent a garage and you know, turn it into um, the first stake at another chance for Oakland and turn it around and that was you know being the avatar of Oakland's renewal became really his poise for for the gubernatorial race to follow and you know thinking back on all the murders in Fruitvale and, and the the horrible violence that it should just disappear and no one say anything I thought it was very odd And then enters the federal government. Um, for some reason, the federal government gifted Alameda County, or Alameda and Oakland, with the first military hardware for snooping. Uh, if you've ever heard of a, um, uh, what do they call those things, the... Um, Wow. The, the, the things that intercept phones, the, um, gosh, the, there's the cell phone clone, which is the obvious thing, and, and the fake cell tower. But there's another, um, there was another kind of technology for a while that if you knew about it and you mentioned it in a court case, they would, they would let you go because they didn't want to discuss it in court cases. Um, there was something a thousand times better than that for the espionage community from the military that allows you to simultaneously snoop on any phone in a city without detection and you could you could put up a a fence what I call an ethnic cleansing fence really because it's a communications um, stoppage it doesn't allow out the signals from phones and presumably 
um, it captures the ones that try to make it out uh, so that they can be rerouted to phony attendance or something. Um, whatever the case may be on that, um, Oakland got them. And we never heard exactly what, um, what the use was or the excuse for why, uh, especially not after they'd done such a good job of eliminating crime from the Fruitvale District. And not only that, but ushering in a wave of investment from San Francisco and elsewhere that brought a lot of white and tan faces, but not nearly as many as had been black before, and not nearly as many as had been African before. As a matter of fact, I, I stayed one night over at the Mitchell Motel, or its, its hotel, depending on whether you're looking at the stationery or the sign. And once again, a, a beautiful relic of an era when Oakland was supported primarily uh, by military. It's a metal hotel that looks like you know, it could be put together in, in one evening with the right troops. Um, you know, ratcheting the staircase in place, etc. And behind it there, the, um, the, the auto parts um, and auto um, recovery yard, the car wash next door, a garden back there, some little cabanas back behind the hotel. This was back in 2016. I remember it was the 4th of July. And a couple of things struck me odd. Um, and this is getting a little long-winded, so let me just wrap this up and say this. Um, I heard recently about something called QAnon. Q-A-N-O-N. And it refers to a legitimate, in the minds of these people that, that profess it, um, a legitimate conspiracy of some groups of people that traffic children um, that's a pretty risky proposition um, so let's just let's consider it for all the ways that it's most probable without being so specific it's an assertion that there are people who are within government somewhere with some type of clout or managerial um, control that support trafficking of human beings and there was some issue involving um, Hillary Clinton's email server you know the email server that Mr. Trump mentioned a thousand times um, of the nasty woman next to him on stage uh, but never Revealed why the hell he was always saying it or what the big damn deal is about the email server. Um, and she never got in trouble for anything. But it it was odd because the, the man that was on the... Um, on the dam, the Hoover Dam, blocking traffic not too long ago that was trying to draw attention to this situation was more concerned with allowing the documents of the FBI's documentation of the search to be made public 
for some sake that he could, he didn't or the media didn't fully reveal. So maybe he revealed it, but the the Las Vegas Review Journal did not. And you know that would be interesting to to uncover too, because the man that that is in question mailed some letters to people at the same time, but they weren't terrorist letters, and he put his thumbprint over his name because he wasn't scared of any kind of terrorism moniker. He was just a very calm guy that was flustered and didn't know how to bring his comments to to the the mass media. And apparently he found it. Um, I'm going to suggest that some of the things that I saw in Oakland that summer, including... A what I believe to be a, a Russian-issued folding chair dual monitor set for military personnel who spy or espionage, well, in their case, it's spy, on events of international importance um, often used. I saw the same apparatus in West Sacramento and they were they were manned by homeless dressed people who were otherwise very clean and smiled broadly when you caught their eye you know eye to eye and at the time on the 4th of July i personally witnessed some very strange things going on there in oakland um that gave me the impression that the united states has been involved in a strict form of population control. Something known as culling. And that culling, I believe, went on at the Mitchell Motel. Could this be the reason that Donald Trump is ostracized? among other world leaders could be maybe not he might not even appear that way to you um it could be the other way around throwing star starburst at uh, the german leader and being snubbed by the, the french president recently um whenever talks of military come up um are some indication to me that more and more I'm accurate and to put things in even more of a personal perspective for me I believe that someone that I was involved with was part of the program of abuse that the United States allows to continue and which billionaires and multimillionaires are sometimes found to have supported nonchalantly with endless amounts of money in terms of what's required to to keep it secret at the expense of good people and better people uh, more on this in the next podcast um And for now, I'll just leave you with um, the thought that, uh, well, 
since the last election, the one thing I see that hasn't changed is the tally, the reporting of the tally. And I haven't checked with scrutiny yet today the ongoing tally of McSally Cinema in the Senate race in Arizona. But I'm sure that election night I went to sleep and Martha McSally was ahead by over a thousand uh, votes, something like 83,000 to 84,000. Uh, it might have even been a wider spread, I can't remember. Um, but I remember it was at least a thousand. And then the following day, with 99% of precincts reporting, which means less than a thousand votes left to come in, uh, somehow her opponent took control and stayed there. Um, very frustrating knowing that Mrs. McSally had the full faith of John McCain before he died and that she was already in her first congressional um, elected position becoming a, a force of of friendly truthfulness and reliable awareness of situations both military and civilian in the United States, especially the Southwest, of concern to us all. Um, and it makes me wonder just how much Russian <laughs> may have rubbed off on the Trump administration as Vladimir Putin and his cronies <laughs> moved around uh, the chessboard of American politics as they did um, according to the FBI which somehow just cannot get to the bottom of it thanks for listening see you on the next podcast